Hey guys, it's Simmon. This is Rustling Unlimited as we are here on the 18th of April, 2022 to talk about everything that went, excuse me, that went down tonight on Monday Night Raw. I thought tonight's Raw was fine. I didn't think there was anything. I thought that main event before the way it just ended with Owens walking out was great. But other than that, you know, the opening segment was Seth and... Cody was great. The main event with Owens and Cody and Seth was great. But then the rest of the show was just there. Like, nothing. I mean, I'm even going to say it. The wedding thing wasn't horrible. Like, it wasn't my cup of tea. It wasn't great. But give truth a raise. I'm going to say that right now. He kept that thing in check. Or maybe that's not the right word. He kept that thing in line. Because that crowd was shitting all over that wedding commitment ceremony thing. And every time you could see, like, Dana Brooke one time, Reggie at one point got frazzled. He kept them all encompassed together, or whatever you want to say. So, truth deserves a raise. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And Twitter.com forward slash PWUnlimited. Remember, if you are watching on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out either by hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription, just like Cold Cuts KC recently did, or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. All you got to do is take your Amazon Prime account, take your Twitch account, you link them together, bada bing, bada boom, you're Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool perks like free games. Right now you can get Elder Scrolls 4 Oblivion Game of the Year Edition. You can get free stuff for games like Grand Theft Auto Online and Madden 22. And the one thing that never changes is that you get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you subscribed right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. But on the flip side, if you're watching over on YouTube, you can help us out over there as well by either putting a super chat or a super sticker in the live chat. Also, remember, you can hit that join button down below to become a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. But even better than that, you want if you want to get all that, but you want it you know, where you're more directly supporting us and in one organized area, then head over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited. Weird noises coming from outside right now. I don't know if you guys hear that or not. Anyways, if you head over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited, you get all the same stuff as being a channel member, but it more directly supports us there. And I will be putting up a retro review video tomorrow for channel members and Patreon subscribers. But finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Whether you're buying a game, claiming the free games, or getting some bucks for Rocket League or Fortnite, well, you got a code. Put in code P. W Unlimited. Put in the creator code at checkout and you will be directly supporting us here at Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Again, whether you're buying a game on the Epic Game Store, whether you're claiming the free games or you're getting V-Bucks or whatever they call the bucks in Rocket League and Fortnite, you're supporting us. It doesn't even have to be just on the Epic Game Store. It could be on uh, Rocket League and Fortnite on your PlayStation, your Xbox, your Nintendo Switch, your phone or your tablet. Head over to the Epic Game Store when it says, hey, you got a creator code? You do. It's PW Unlimited. But with that, guys, we've got Monday Night Raw to talk about. So let's 
do that right here. We got JR on commentary again, which was fun. And I don't know how many more weeks. Initially, I think he said two weeks, but it could be longer. We don't know. I think it's just the two weeks, though. A video recap, Seth Rollins. A video recap. After a video recap of all the Cody stuff with Seth, Seth enters to kick off the show. Rollins said that he felt like partying, but didn't want to do it alone, so we invited Cody Rhodes down to the ring. Rhodes entered to a big reaction from the crowd. Rollins encouraged the crowd to continue chanting for Cody and asked him how it felt to be at the top of the world. Rhodes says it was a familiar feeling. He and Rollins standing in the ring in Buffalo. Well, they've got history here. He said this is Rhodes country. And if you don't understand that reference, Cody was referring to him and Goldust beating Rollins and Reigns for the tag titles with Dusty by their side. Because they had that callback tonight, I will be doing a retro review of that match. It will go up tomorrow for Patreon subscribers and, uh, and YouTube channel members. I will be rewatching that match and doing a, um, <clears throat> what's the word I'm calling it? Doing a review, a retro review of that match. I thought that would be something fun we can do. And I'll watch and do together and whatnot. Mr. Rollins acted like his usual jovial self until Rhodes interrupted him to soak in more of the, the crowd reactions. Rollins got serious and warns Rhodes not to do it again. Rollins was planning on telling Rhodes how much respect he had for the Rhodes family and how much respect he had for Cody's journey away before returning. However, the hard work that Rhodes put in was nothing compared to Rollins because he made Rhodes a star in one night at WrestleMania. Yes, I said JR, I meant Jerry Lawler. Rhodes told him to skip the foreplay and get to the point. Rollins again complained about having to face a mystery opponent at WrestleMania, having to not get prepared for a specific opponent like Cody got to prepare for him. Rollins said that he was better than Rhodes, despite what Rhodes might think. Rollins knows Rhodes' goal is to win the WWE title, but Rollins has already reached those heights, and that makes him better. Well, Rhodes then goes, wait, let me, let me correct you there, Seth. You have actually won the title four times. You've made it to the top of the mountain four times, but that doesn't change what happened at WrestleMania. Rhodes sent, said that he spent the last few years away in a management role and has learned a lot about, well, mediation. They can go back and forth, clamoring on who's better, and simply, it's you need a neutral party. Because one's going to agree to one way, one's going to agree to the other way, but you need someone that can agree that's neutral, so let's ask the people here in Buffalo. And they chanted for Cody. Rollins then suggested if Rhodes thought he was so good, he should wrestle tonight in the main event against the mystery opponent of Rollins' choosing. Crowd chanted yes, and then Cody emphatically said, I accept. So the main event was Cody Rhodes against a opponent of Seth's choosing, which we learned was, well, Kevin Owens. The first match of the night was for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. It was Sasha Banks and Naomi defending against Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. This match was fine, almost good, but there were some clunky spots here and there that kind of made me go, ooh, okay. Banks and Naomi were briefly in control early until Ripley caught Banks and used her as a weapon on Naomi. 
Morgan posted to Naomi, Naomi while Ripley drove Banks onto the barricade, which led to a break about two minutes into the match. Ripley and Morgan did a missed time combo. It's like an electric chair drop bulldog that led to a two, but it didn't look all that great on Naomi. Ripley then blind tagged in and assisted Morgan in hitting Naomi with a power bomb. Ripley followed this up with a rip tide, but Morgan failed to hold off Banks, who broke up the cover. This was, again, another little overly booked spot, a little too convoluted, where it's like Ripley hits the rip tide. She's going for the pin. Liv's like trying to hold back Sasha, but they're kind of like, you could see, yeah, you can see like Sasha's trying to not run forward. Liv's not really holding her that tight. And then eventually, yeah, Sasha breaks it up. Thanks to Naomi, then followed this up with the combo finisher and pinned Rhea Ripley after Liv got taken out to retain the titles. So after the match, Rhea and Liv are arguing in the ring and they're bickering. They're going back and forth. You can kind of hear what they're saying, but not really. And I felt this went a little too long, at least in my opinion. This went a little too long as far as them bickering and arguing and bickering and arguing and back and forth. And Ripley then just eventually attacks Morgan from behind and lays her out with a riptide. Again, we all knew it was coming. I don't know why they had to do the whole bicker back and forth thing so much as far as like, I, I just felt like it was too long. It's like, all right, we know the attack's coming. Just, just do it. Just, just do it. All right, where, where is it? Oh, Rhea's going to leave and turn? No, no. Rhea turned around, but she's still not doing anything. Oh, now Liv's going to try and leave. There we go, and Liv tries to leave. Yeah. I mean, eh. Oh, Forbidden King, did you not see the wedding? She was there. Sarah Schreiber tried to interview Ripley after the break, and Ripley said, nobody deserves an explanation for what I did. Next up, we had a Sonya Deville, Bianca Belair segment. This was actually kind of good. I liked it. Deville entered and said that she never gave up on being a fighter, a competitor, a wrestler. That is what she is first. Just because she was going, um, just because she was going through some things personally, she was forced into the role of authority figure. So when she watched WrestleMania, she knew she wanted to face Bianca Belair after Belair became the champion. She called Belair the best, and that's who she wants to beat. She says it's nothing personal, just business. Belair interrupted. DeVille warned Belair that there will be repercussions if you put my hand, your hands on me tonight because right now, I'm in an official capacity. The crowd encouraged her to do it. Belair suggested they have a title match right here, right now, so we can fight. DeVille said, you know what? I didn't wait three years to finally get this opportunity in a rusted-out suburb of New York. Crowd booed. DeVille then says, how about next week? Can we do it next week? And where are we going to be next week? Somewhere where it's going to be extra sweet to beat you, your hometown of Knoxville, Tennessee. DeVille said that it would be another quick loss for Belair with the title. This time, in front of her family, who can be there to console her? Because, well, they're used to having to do that. Belair then hoisted her up with the KOD, but DeVille said, Don't do it. Put me down. You'll be fine. You'll be suspended. I'll have you stripped of the title and that is when Bianca threw her down. DeVille seemed to get a lot of heat here from the crowd, which was great. Belair, the loved babyface. I thought this did its job. I think this did a phenomenal job to build up the title match the next week. You have the overly hated heel in Sonya DeVille, and you have the beloved babyface in Bianca Belair. Next up, we had Veer Mahan taking on Jeff Brooks in a minute and 15-second match or so. 
Mahan won with the submission, the cervical clutch, after hitting the million-dollar arm clothesline. Then afterwards, he put it on him again, and officials had to break it up. Then we had an interesting segment in the back. The segment itself wasn't interesting, but the way it was presented was interesting. So, Sonya meets up with Adam DeVille, uh, Adam, Sonya DeVille meets up with Adam Pierce in the back, and they start talking about being officials. But the lower third, the graphic on the screen on one side said Sonya Deville, but on the other side said WWE official Adam Pierce. It did not say WWE official for Sonya. So does that mean something? Is that something to look into, or am I just looking too much into it? It said WWE official over Adam Pierce's name, but it did not say anything over Sonya Deville's name. Hmm. Very interesting to think about. Bill complained to Adam Pierce about Belair putting her hands on her, and he said, I'm, I'm, I'm already taking care of it. Action is being taken. And Belair showed up, and she's like, hey, um, no, what are you doing here? Well, actually, no. First, first, Adam Pierce said that you should worry about your own repercussions. She said, what do you mean? He said, higher-ups aren't happy with you abusing your power. Then Bianca came. Bianca's like, she's like, what are you doing here? She's like, I have to pay my fine. She goes, fine. Wiretap it. Send it to WWE higher. Da, 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 da. And Bella goes, no, I've got it right here. One dollar. She hands it over to Adam Pierce. Bill couldn't believe that the fine was only a dollar. Pierce smirked and responded by saying, quote, I did it by the book. DeVille was disple- displeased because that's what she told Adam last week when she made herself the number one contender. She said, I did it by the book. So he used her words back at her. Uh, they showed us that the dude, Jeff Brooks, that took on Veer was stretched out of the building. So KO hosted the KO show, and it was the lie detector test for Ezekiel, where he said he grabbed the smartest, excuse me, the smartest man in all of WWE to conduct this test. Kevin Owens had Chad Gable there as the administrator. Gable said that this was this would be purely objective. But when this was done, he would beat Ezekiel slash Elias in a match. He said, if you lie, I'll beat the truth right out of you. Ezekiel then came out after Owens said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Elias. And then he's like, ah, dang it. Because it said Ezekiel on the screen. So Ezekiel reiterated that he was the younger brother of Elias. Owens wasn't buying it and wanted him to admit that it that the truth was that he is Elias. He said, I know what you're going to do. I know what you're going to say. And Ezekiel, instead of saying who wants to walk with Elias, has a new catchphrase saying, quote, who wants to hear Zeke speak? Owens loudly noted how similar that was to Elias' stick. Okay, well, sets up the lie detector and goes, all right, we need to get some baselines here. I'm going to ask you, an actual question. Need the truth here. Is the sky blue? He said, yes. So, okay, now I need you to tell me a lie. I need you to tell me I, I don't want the truth. And he said, is tonight Monday? And he said, no. And the thing, and I was going, see, I told you he's a liar. He's like, Kevin, I told him to lie. We need a baseline to make sure this is working. And Owens is like, Oh, you better get this done right because I'm paying you 150 Canadian. You don't do it right, I'm not going to pay you at all. Everybody here was great. 
So Gable asked Ezekiel. Marks the first, he also asked him if Gable Stevenson was a spoiled brat. Gable asked Ezekiel, was your name, is your name Ezekiel? And he waited a second. And he goes, yes. And it, straight line. Owens goes, you're lying. He goes, no, not. Gable asked him, are you, is Elias your older brother? Again, the pause. And he says, yes. Again, straight line. And Owens goes, no, you're Elias. You're lying. And Gable's just like, Kevin, he's telling the truth. It, the detector's not wrong. Owens gets super pissed. He said, just tell me your real name. Your real name is Elias. Ezekiel joked. He said, no. The machine showed that I'm telling the truth. Owens then blamed it on Gable. Owens told Gable to leave, that he wasn't paying him any of his money. Ezekiel then called Owens the biggest liar in WWE. Ezekiel was just happy to be having his first match tonight in Buffalo. Owens just said, yeah, your first match in Canadian's land. Can He's like, oh, be happy to have your first match in Canada's landfill. I didn't get the joke, but cool. Owens got in Ezekiel's face. Ezekiel dared him to do something, and Owens left. As that happened... Gable showed back up from behind and attacked Ezekiel. They had a three-minute and 33-second match. It was Ezekiel versus Chad Gable. Gable controlled for a few minutes here early on. Well, actually, a few seconds or moments, I guess you can call it. Until Ezekiel hit a spine buster and applied a single-leg crab. Otis then ran in and knocked Ezekiel out and caused a disqualification. Saxon acted super sincere and believed this, that, that was a different person. And all I wasn't buying it. Funny enough, just like Elias, the crowd reacted to all the shtick and all that kind of stuff. You know, walk with Elias. And in the middle of the match, she said, speak with Zeke. Lawler joked to Saxton about the street, street prophets. He said they must listen to the same music as the Easter Bunny. Hip-hop. Get it? That's why you guys were hanging out with the Easter Bunny yesterday. Because you all listen to hip-hop. And Saxton's like, funny, King. The Street Profits took on the Raw Tag Team Champions RK Bro in a non-title match. Montez Ford went to the top early and Riddle brought him down with a Spanish fly, which led to a break a couple minutes in. They exchanged strikes, but before both the members of each team tagging out, Orton and Riddle each hit draping DDTs before Riddle tagged back in to set up for an RKO. Ford began signaling to the back and the Usos music would hit. Usos didn't uh, come out, and the distraction allowed Ford to dropkick Orton off the apron before he and Dawkins gave Riddle a doomsday blockbuster and picked up the victory. A fake Uso distraction. After the match, Ford said that this was a lesson for everybody. The Usos weren't the only team RK-Bro should be worried about. Well, Forbidden King... If you want to get more Kurt Angle vibes, this Friday on Peacock and the WWE Network, they'll be putting up a new episode of Table for Three, Kurt Angle, Chad Gable, and Otis. That should be fun. We had a weird Damian Priest Edge segment. So they're in a dark room. They got uh, one of the, what is, I don't even know what it's called, but Edge is sitting in his throne. There's a table next to him. Priest is standing up. And they got one of those, the weights of the law thing, you know, law weights or whatever you want to talk, call it. Anyways, Edge and Damian Priest were in a dark room, smoky, purple lights. Edge said, 
This side of him has always been here. And the seeds were planted when he first arrived in the brood or even when they were in the ministry of darkness. He said, but it's been dormant in me for almost 20 years. Edge said the priest was disrespected when Bad Bunny got all the attention last year at WrestleMania and Priest had played second fiddle. Edge was a Hall of Famer, a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he had to beg for a match at WrestleMania this year. Priest didn't even have one. Scales of justice. That's it. Thank you, Forbidden King. Scales. Edge then rambled on and rambled on before he admitted that AJ Styles was the only one man enough to actually face him. Edge then challenged him to a rematch at Backlash, WrestleMania Backlash, to finally put a stake in his heart. Edge said that it would be Styles' Judgment Day. In the locker room, AJ Styles was about to be interviewed by Sarah Schreiber. She, was, uh, she asked him about the challenge and basically goes, all right, my judge... Judge Edge wants to have my judgment day. I accept. So the match is going to be taking place at WrestleMania Backlash. It will be Edge in a re- WrestleMania rematch against AJ Styles. The lights flickered, and Styles warned Schreiber to get out. To get out. Now, now. Dim blue lights came on to reveal Priest and Edge in the ring. Styles went to attack. They laid him out. And then they put his arm in like some sort of like a box bin storage thing and they smashed him smashed his arm with the lid and he sold the shoulder afterwards bad guys chuckled and walked away next up we got the u.s title on the line when it was finn balor defending against austin theory so theory early on hit a rolling drop kick during uh, after a break, but Balor fought back until Theory cut him off with a spinning side slam for a two. Theory went for the drop kick again, but Balor countered into a sit-out powerbomb for a two. Balor followed this up with some stomps, a sling blade, and a running drop kick. Balor went to the top, but Theory brought him down with a springboard Spanish fly for a near fall. This looked great. That Spanish flyway ran up there, hits it really quick. Really, really cool spot. Balor countered an ATL attempt. And follow this up with a flip dive. Theory then dodged a coup de gras, hit the ATL, and pinned Finn Balor to become the new United States champion. And I see a lot of people, oh, poor Finn Balor. Why? Why poor Finn? It's not like you're going to be the champ forever. You eventually got to lose the title. What, you, you're mad that he lost to Austin Theory? I like Austin Theory. I think Austin Theory is going to be a big star in the future. And I know I keep saying Austin Theory. That's not his name. Theory, 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 theory. Anyways, theory wins. Then all the heel mid-card guys come out and they hoist them up and they celebrate. Then all of a sudden we hear, there's no chance. No chance in hell. You've got no chance. Out comes Vince McMahon. Yes, Mr. McMahon makes his way out. And Theory's like, all right, let me down, let me down, let me down. So they put him down, and he walks up to Vince. And Vince is like, look, you got a belt. And then he's like, we need to take the selfie. We need to take the selfie. So he takes a couple selfies with Vince. Vince then raises his arm in the belt. You've got a new United States champion in Austin Theory. So in the back, Kevin Patrick quotes Seth Rollins about, well, Rhodes' opponent. 
Think you got an opponent? And Seth said, of course, yeah. Well, can you tell me who that is? And Rollins is like, are you dim? The whole opponent is that, the whole idea is that he doesn't know who the opponent is before the opponent walks out. So me telling you means I'm telling him, and that can't happen. And then Rollins just left. Then we had the wedding, and boy, was this something. Again, R-Truth needs a raise because he kept this, this ship afloat. R-Truth came out as the officiant. And it was weird because at times they called it a wedding, and then at times they called it a commitment ceremony. So I don't know. But he, he came out here to combine and commit Reggie, Daniel Brooke, Kirtizawa, and Tamina. He also said that we've got our truce and the 24-7 rules, they're off while the ceremony is in place. In the ring, we had Nikki A.S.H., Garza, or no, Nikki A.S.H., Umberto, Angel, and a bunch of other extras. Out came the grooms, and then the, the Dana Brooke and Tamina then came out in their wedding dresses. They were helped down to the ring by Dana, uh, by no, Sasha Banks and Naomi. Sasha looked like she was having a grand old time during this segment. The crowd was whatting every time. And Truth's like, hey, no what? Don't do the what. He's like, no what me. They did applaud Tamina and Tazawa because they kept their vows to three words. So, so basically he was like, all right. Dana, you go first. Vows. What are your vows? They need to be from the heart. And she's going to pull her paper out from between her chest. And he's like, remember, it's got to be from the heart. And I can't remember who said it, but somebody on commentary goes, well, I was close enough to the heart when she pulled the paper out. So she's reading all these things about Reggie and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And then Reggie does his vows about Dana and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And then they go to Tamina and she's like, um, yeah, same as what she said. And she looks at Tazawa and Tazawa's like, oh, same. She's like, all right, all right. Juthin said, does anybody object? Let us know now or shut your trap. And Tamina's like, wait, I object. And she grabbed Tazawa, she grabbed Reggie, and switched the men. And we're like, what the hell's going on here? Tamina then put Reggie next to her. And then she goes, wait, 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 no, 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 no. Then she grabbed Reggie again and put Reggie next to Tazawa. And then she went and stood next to Dana. And then Dina like put her hands out like, I guess if we're going to get married, we're going to get married. Let's do it. And then Dana... Uh, Tamina goes, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. And then it just ended up the two Roma couples. I'm like, that was kind of a pointless spot there. What the hell was that supposed to be? So they're doing the whole thing. And he said, by the power in my vest and the paper I've got, I now pronounce you committed and hitched. And Reggie goes, hold on, hold on. Oh, yeah, that's right. You got some rings? Put some rings on them hands. He put the rings on them hands. He goes, all right, the rings are on. Now you can kiss. And so they start making out. Reggie and Dana Brooke fall to the mat. Not before we see a big kiss from Tazawa and Tamina. Yet when Reggie falls on Dana as they're kissing, referee them jumps in. Boom, two, three. Just pinned his new wife. Become the 24-7 champion. Tamina would take down Reggie and pin him. One, two, three. Tazawa, this was funny as shit. So, Tamina's got this big-ass train on the back of her, her wedding dress. 
and Tazawa. She's standing there with the 24-7 belt. Yeah, yeah. And Tazawa's ruffling through the train under, trying to climb under. He's like, you see the train flying up. He's under it. He then rolls up Tamina. That was funny as hell. It was dumb. So dumb that it was funny. And so he rolls up Tamina. One, two, three. He's the new 24-7 champion. He turns around. Dana Brooke comes flying off top rope. One, two, three. She's the new 24-7 champion. Truth gets out of the ring. Because I think it was King. was like, where'd Truth go? Truth's out of the ring. Dana jumps on his back. They run away. Did he just steal the bride from Reggie? I don't know. But earlier in the... Uh, first, we got a... Basically, Sarah Stryber said, I'm going to interview... Bobby Lashley, but first I have a video that was sent in by MVP earlier in the day. MVP had a message for Bobby Lashley. MVP couldn't believe that Lashley competed without him at WrestleMania, but he's moved on to someone and something bigger and better. He made Lashley, excuse me, he made Lashley the Almighty. Imagine what he can do with somebody like Omos. MVP said that Omos was challenging him to an arm wrestling contest next week on Raw. Omos said the Almighty Era coming to an end. Then we get the interview. Lashley said that he knew he had to go through Omos to get to MVP. Omos was bigger than him, but we'd find out who was stronger next week because he accepts the arm wrestling challenge. So we do have the arm wrestling challenge next week. We also have the Raw Woman's title on the line next week when Bianca Belair defends against Sonya Deville. Uh, no, Chase Douglas. They did not get married for real. Dana Brooke's actually engaged. I want to say, hold on. She is engaged to boxer Ulysses Diaz. She is engaged to boxer Ulysses Diaz. picture up of the guy in case you've never seen him before. And Rook is engaged to... I got the image right here. Maybe not. Oh, I can pull it up this way. Screw it. This is Dana Brooks real fiance. Boxer Ulysses Diaz. That is her real fiance. Back to Raw. <clears throat> All right. So Seth Rollins prances out to the ring and introduces. Well, first Cody gets his entrance. Then Seth comes out and he says, your opponent is... <laughs> out comes Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens comes out and has a 17 minute, 17 and a half minute match with Ke with Cody Rhodes. This match was so good. I want to see this again with no crap finish. This this match was everything I thought it would be and more. So Owens blocked a suicide dive early and grabbed Rhodes and gave him a fallaway slam into the barricade, which led to a break 90 seconds in. Rhodes fought back after the break until Owens crushed him with a senton. Rhodes then countered on Owens' suplex, 
but Owens came right back with Spike DDT. Owens went for the senton, and Rhodes got his knees up. Rhodes tackled Owens over the announce table, and Rollins entered to his music yet again, thus taking us to another break. Uh, back for the break, they battled on the top, top rope until Owens shoved Rhodes off the top and hit a frog splash for a two. Owens immediately followed this up with the senton for another two. Rhodes applied a schoolboy and got a two of his own. Owens and Rhodes then traded super kicks here in a really fun spot before Rhodes dropped Owens with a clothesline. Owens came back with a pop-up powerbomb and got a two off of it. Owens hit an avalanche fisherman's buster off the top rope to Cody. This looked, holy crap, good. Scary, but good. And then Cody got his foot on the bottom rope right at the last second to, to basically stop the count. Owens then tried a powerbomb, but Rhodes backdropped him on the announce table, or on the apron. I don't know why I read announce table. On the apron. Rollins demanded Owens get up and get his fat ass back in the ring. That's when Owens said he has had enough. Rollins yelling at him, saying, get back in the ring, get back in the ring. The ref's going to count you out. And Owens literally yells at Seth and goes, this is your match, not mine, and leaves. Looks like Rollins was chasing him to the back. Rhodes was frustrated, and the referee does the count. He says, well, you've won by count out. Rollins, Rhodes, I mean, then goes to celebrate on the top rope or on the middle rope, whatever you want to call it. One foot in the middle, one foot on the top. Perched up there. Seth would jump back in the ring. Push Cody off the top rope. He crashed into the barricade. There we go. Uh, King then at the last moment says, oh my God, it looks like Rhodes might be hurt. And Cody was favoring the ankle. That, the show went off the air. Where they would zoom it in on Cody really fast and show him driving in pain, grabbing the ankle. And then they do a wide shot of Cody on the floor and set up on the turnbuckle. Then another quick one of Cody and then another wide shot. And that, that's how the show went off the air. But I don't know what this means for the friendship of Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, but it looks like it might be over. But with that, that was Monday Night Raw. You know what I thought. Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of the show. As far as let me know, you can put a super chat in the live chat on YouTube, or you can text in to 510-906-1341. Again, that number is 510-906-1341. Before that, we checked the polls as far as the Twitch poll does go. 60% liked the show, 20% thought it was just alright, and 20% did not like Raw. Next up, 51%, uh, this is the, the Twitter poll, 51% liked the show, 31% thought it was just alright, and 17% did not like it. And finally, the YouTube poll, 58%. Did not like the or 58% liked the show. 32% thought it was just all right, and 9% did not like tonight's Raw. As far as the text messages do go, person says, so there was some news that broke during Raw. Kushida is no longer with the WWE. I haven't checked. There is an update from Fightful. I have not checked it yet, but I will post an update on our website, pwunlimited.co, and right here on the PW Unlimited YouTube channel if they do have any sort of a significant update on Kushida. But as of right now, Kushida is no longer with WWE. And the verbiage was that he left WWE. 
Well, sounds like his contract may have been up again. We're going to look into that. And he was not, quote, released. So I know Fifel did put up an update. I have not been able to check it yet, but I will check it as soon as we're done here. Osborne says, you see on Twitter that Vince Russo hated the Cody Rhodes Miz segment last week. I don't care what Vince Russo says. Oliver says, I'm really glad Rhea Ripley finally turned. However, having her taking the pin was not the move at all. I mean, yes and no. I get where you can say that Liv should have got pinned. But at the same time, it makes Rhea more mad that Liv was not there to break up the pin, if you get what I'm saying. She felt like Liv, see, if Liv would have just got pinned, she would be like, ah, oh, fuck, we lost, da-da-da. But she was even more mad that Liv failed in being a good partner and not being there for her when she got double teamed and, you know, all of that. So it makes sense either way. I get where you're coming from as far as she shouldn't have took the pin. No, no, she's not. If she's going to get a push, then no, she shouldn't have. But for story-wise on why she was as mad, it makes sense. Versus I liked Raw tonight. Is the Street Profits a heel team now? What do you do with Finn Balor next? I hope AJ is okay. Not bad injury on him. I think he was just selling. I, I I did think the same thing at first of, ooh, he's selling that that shoulder a little a little too much, but I think it's just AJ being a great seller. Finn, give him another give him another match with theory. Do the rematch, the backlash. And I think that they are slowly doing the street profit heel transition. Versus says RK Bro losing a backlash. Riddle ver versus oh, this person does not know how to spell. They did the same thing the other day. Viruses versus Orton at SummerSlam. Maybe, but we've got other big shows before SummerSlam as well that you can do that match. I mean, you've got the Cardiff Wales show. You got Money in the Bank. Before SummerSlam, there's still... So SummerSlam is a stadium show in Nashville. There's two stadium shows before... No. One stadium show before SummerSlam and one stadium show right after SummerSlam. I forgot that they, they moved SummerSlam up this year. But... So yeah, take the Cardiff one out. That's September. You can do it at Money in the Bank. You can do it at WrestleMania Backlash. You can do it at Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell is taking place in Chicago in June. So, I mean, if they lose the belts in early May, dragging that out all the way to the end of July, maybe a little too long. So, maybe a little too long. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube dot com forward slash pro wrestling unlimited and twitter.com forward slash pw unlimited remember if you are watching actually no i'm for some reason i was starting to get into the rigmarole of the beginning of the show anyways remember to follow us on all those social media platforms facebook twitter twitch instagram facebook all that stuff have a great rest of your night again i will have an update shortly on both the website and youtube on the Kashida situation and then we'll be back tomorrow. If you are a channel member or a Patreon subscriber, you will get a retro review up of when Cody and Dustin defeated the Shield, the Raw Tag Team Championships. Or the actually, it was the WWE World Tag Team Champion, whatever it was back then, whatever the penny belt. But I will be doing a retro review of that match Cody and Dustin defeating the Shield, Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns for the Tag Team Championships. With that, guys, 
Have a great night. That video will be out first thing tomorrow morning. We'll see you next time.